All right, Justin, sing me a song about, ooh, not about, just like sing me a song that you liked once because it was great, like by an artist that you like you thought was great. But then like every other song they did was like mediocre at best and one of the worst things you've ever listened to at worst. So just sing me a song by that artist and then we can, you know, we'll get your rationale afterwards. If you can even win. I mean, I could maybe retry saying the whole thing in a more cohesive manner because I just made it up after I hit record. Yeah. Yeah. One more time. (laughs) All right. Sing a song by an artist that you think has at least one amazing, incredible, just like out of the park hit. But pretty much everything else you've heard by them is mediocre at best or one of the worst things you've ever heard at worst. You can sing any of their songs, but then afterwards we get your rationale. Was that more cohesive? Yes, it was. Um, damn, I'm just trying to think of one song from one band, from just one song from a band that I like and then don't like anything else. Uh, damn, man, nothing's coming to the front of my mind. You might have got me on this one. I think you got me on this one. So that's another loss, Justin. That means since we got your record of 30 and 30, you have now lost five and one, one. So you are now 31 and 35, man, got some catching up to do. All right, Heather, your turn. Same question. Oh boy. All right. Can you repeat the stipulations one more time? Oh dear God. It's so hard to say. It's so wordy. Okay. It's your own fault. Sing a song by an artist that. You like one of their songs. You think it's like an out of the park, just a one grade top hit or song, but pretty much everything else you've heard by them is mediocre at best or one of the worst things you've ever heard at worst. Afterwards, we will get your rationale. You can sing any of their songs. It doesn't have to be the best or the worst. You can sing any of them. They just have to fit that criteria that you have to explain afterwards. Oh boy. Um, um, hold on. I'm trying to think of how the song goes. Um, oh, okay. I think I got one. Okay. Look at the stars. Look how they shine for you and Whoa. all the things you do. Whoa. Are you what? challenging the greatness of Coldplay? All I'm saying is oh my they were God. amazing at the beginning and then their later stuff is not good at it's all. It's all delightful. I do not like their newer stuff. Yeah, like, this is I just love, like love, Total love. Eclipse of the Heart. I love, love, love old Coldplay, <laughs> but new Coldplay, I just don't like them. I don't like their music in the the last, like, I want to say album or two that they did. I don't even know what that means. I don't. The thing is, I'm not going to win anyway, because you know what my score is, and you're going to try to make it to where I don't have any more wins. No, you wouldn't really matter. Coldplay. I love Coldplay. I think they're fucking delightful. I love them up until the last like album or two they had. Nope. I don't even know what that means. I'm just saying they were, they were a fantastic, one of my favorite bands back when I was in college, when like the X, Y album or X and Y album, I think it's called. Um, And then the one they had before that, like they were really great. And then when they got a little bit more like mainstream on the radio all the time, the stuff they were playing there was just not good. Don't even know what you're saying. 
Okay. Yeah, that's a loss for you, dog. I imagined so. I was actually looking for something just by Nickelback. Just because mainly I understand if you like one Nickelback song. And it could be any of their songs, really. I understand liking one of them. I just don't like understand liking anything more than that. So, yeah, that's a loss for both of you. I might I might have let Go it slide. Figure. I might have let it slide <sighs> for Total Eclipse of the Heart because Justin said you should get the win on that. But I can't I can't accept it with Coldplay. That sounds right. So I, I have I had kind standards. of fully accepted that. You know what? Once you finally ever go watch Goodfellas, then you can say something. Oh boy. Yeah, I went there. You did, yeah. So on that note, theme song. Hey, Cinefansum, welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin, and today we will be doing a movie off the Cinefan, Cinefans Worst List, which I think this is, yes, this is the first one off the Cinefans Worst List with Halle Berry's Catwoman. And that was the inspiration behind the thing is because, you know, she's got Academy Award, you know, shit like, uh, you know, Monsters Ball. And then she does shit like this and Swordfish and the X-Men movies and all kinds of other bullshit. So I think it's fitting. But with that, we will talk about what we like, didn't like and everything in between with the movie Catwoman. We will be doing spoiler free. We will give our recommendations and scores. And then go into a more spoiler-centric section afterwards. I don't know why I ended up going into that syncopation with my words. So on that note, because you did not offend me today, Justin, even though you lost, you get to go first. Okay. Spoiler-free for Catwoman. Um, I've seen this movie several times because this is a movie that is just now kind of infamous it's like an infamously bad movie like it's been um it's won razzie awards it's pretty up there as far as not only just one of the worst comic book adaptation films uh that has ever been done, but just one of the worst uh movies period so this has just been one of those movies like that. And this is usually one where if people haven't seen it, I have to make them watch it. Uh, so yeah, this is actually one that I've visited several times and, you know, it doesn't get any easier to watch this movie, no matter how many times, uh, you've seen it. And even though you know what's coming, there's just, there's just something about a movie that just, 
it, it just is terrible from start to finish. It doesn't answer any questions. It, things that are happening are just illogical. And it's just one of those movies that just literally gives you a headache. You're just like, oh. And then the fight scenes are just terrible. It's a hundred cuts for somebody to throw a punch. It's just so much jump cutting during the action sequences that sometimes I couldn't even tell what was happening? Was it a kick? Was it a punch? Did the guy fall down? Like sometimes it was, it was jump cutting so much to kind of save these actors from doing anything athletic that it just, it, it just gets confusing. Um, and I mean, and, and, and I mean, there's really just nothing about this that is good. It's just, um, it really is just one of those movies that um, really makes me even appreciate more a lot of the MCU comic book movies that we have now. Like you watch something like this and you are just reminded of what comic book movies could be. And in a lot of cases, especially early in comic book movie life, what they were. And so watching something like this where just I absolutely no care was given to the story or to try to do the characters justice or any pay homage to Catwoman the character which is a great comic book character uh, none of that was done here it's just really a cash grab and they were this is just one of those where they were like oh it has the name Catwoman we've got Holly Berry in it who at the time and and, and still and is a she's a, she'll always be a star but I mean at the time you know she was she had just come off of her Oscar win you know she was a big deal at the time that this came out so this is one of those comic book films where it's like it doesn't matter what the story is you take a big name you take the name of the comic book you put it together and we get dollar signs and uh that is not not what happened here uh so yeah it's just it's just really frustrating from start to finish and i'll have more details in the spoiler section but yeah uh this is just really a movie that just uh, just reminds me of how lucky we've been in the past few years. Heather, the disappointer. What about you? So with this one, um, it's <laughs> I knew going into this that I should expect it to not be good because of just everything I've heard about it. And I unfortunately, I just I can't disagree. Like, it's just a really really bad movie. It's a very bad movie. It's a laughable movie, honestly. Um, and which that really sucks because I'm, I'm kind of a Halle Berry fan. Like I honestly think that she is so talented and I think she's done some amazing work, like introducing Dorothy Dandridge and Monsters Ball, things like that. You know, she's so, she could be so, so good. And then to just have it be switched to something like this. And like you were saying, swordfish, like, just really like completely hit or miss. Like I just, I guess I didn't realize until this movie how very hit or miss Halle Berry can be. I love her nonetheless. Cause I think there's just something about her that is just like, you can't not like her, you know, she's great. Um, and she's historical in a way. I mean, she was, wasn't she the first female to win an Oscar 
or a black female to win an Oscar. So, I mean, she's just, you know, she's iconic in a lot of ways. Um, but man, is this just probably one of the worst things I've ever seen her do. (laughs) It's just really, really bad. Um, you know, and I also do think that I, I just haven't found in any, anything I've seen, I haven't found anybody do Catwoman better than Michelle Pfeiffer. I just think that she made that role what it is. And she is by far the best Catwoman that I've ever seen. And it's just hard to beat that. Just their different takes on it and how they approached it and how they did the Catwoman character was very different. And there's a reason that Michelle Pfeiffer is kind of the best at that role. Um, There is, it's going to be an interesting conversation we have here because I'm just curious to see if there's any things in this movie that anybody can say they enjoyed (laughs) because that's how bad I think this movie is. So yeah, that's kind of, um, spoiler free for me. Just it's, it was, it was fun in the sense of like, I knew how, how much I was going to laugh at how bad it was, (laughs) but I can't say specifically that I enjoyed the movie itself. Um, in the sense of a movie doing its job of making you be like, man, that's a great movie. Cause it definitely was not that. So as far as non-spoilers go, that's what I got. Guys, 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 guys. I think you two are missing the genius of this movie. Oh, Lord. What's happening right now? You have to take it as like a twofold thing where you take aspects of the Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman, the tight leather, the weird cat references like you're a cat person. Even being brought back to life by a cat. But then you have to mix it with essentially kind of like the origins of Spider-Man. Where you just start slowly turning into whatever your namesake is. You know, you know, like Tobey Maguire in the Spider-Man movie, the original one. He was like like a human spider. You know, he, he could climb walls. He could shoot web. Nobody like liked him being around. They wanted to burn down buildings he was in. That type of stuff, just like a real spider. And she was doing the same thing like a cat. So all it is, is it's a combination of Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman and Spider-Man. Genius. I mean, think about how much more fun Catwoman would be in the comics if she was legitimately a magically resurrected Catwoman. It'd just be amazing that, like, you know, you sit there and she, like, Batman's fighting her and... I don't know, does some cat shit, like just sticks a, like sticks her ass right in his face. That's what cats do. My cats do that to me all the time. That would throw him off his game. She'd beat Batman every time, putting her ass right in his face. <laughs> I really tried to keep that going. I can't. But in all honesty, I do believe that that's what they did with this movie. They were combining the two. Like just everything about her was meant to mimic the Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman. But also, they were combining it with the whole, yeah, I understand that the Tim Burton version of Catwoman, she was acting very cat-like, but at no point were they really saying she is a cat person, like a magical cat person. The the, the closest they got to it is alluding to the fact that she had nine lives. Yeah. But, like, that's where I think the Spider-Man aspects of it come in. Like, she was resurrected, so she got cat vision and cat reflexes and... I don't know, cat sushi eating powers 
and cat basketball powers <laughs> and, you know, cat leather wearing powers. I mean, this movie really is an excuse just to throw fucking Halle Berry in a skimpy leather outfit. And don't get me wrong. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but let's just call it what it is. And that's it. That's all this movie is. This movie is an excuse to put her in that. And mm -hmm. honestly, then make her extremely less attractive by having that stupid fucking mask on her face. <laughs> yeah. Like that was dumb. Like she looked terrible. I mean, I think the best Halle Berry looks in this movie is when she first kind of goes Catwoman. When she's just wearing the leather outfit. Yeah. And no mask. She's just got the feathered That's hair. That's what I was thinking. And, yeah. and, and honestly, as Catwoman, that is the most clothed sh like she is in this movie as Catwoman. But I just think overall it's a better look. And I think that, that if they had done that and I don't know, done some sort of cat mask, it would have been fine. It's just that cat mask was dumb. Like, it looked like a weird bondage mask, and not even in the fun way that matched the outfit. Like, the rest of the outfit is, like, very leathery and very, like, tailored, and it, like, looks great. Then it's like they went, ah, oh, fuck, we need a mask. And they just kind of went to the Halloween store and went, we need a mask. And they went, well, we can get this really nice cat mask. That's $500. And they went, no, no, no. Look at that one. It's 50 cents. <laughs> Let's get five of those instead. And that's what Halle Berry was wearing in this movie. Five 50 cent cat masks. I mean, and then on top of that, like all the fun aspects of Catwoman, all the truly fun aspects of Catwoman, like the fact that she loves stealing shit is gone. Like they kind of have it in there, but then they get rid of it literally the next scene afterwards. And that's dumb. I mean, I really do feel like this movie was written by people that had only seen like five scenes of Michelle Pfeiffer being Catwoman. And like, that was it. They just watched like a weird highlight reel and none of the really good shit. Just like they watched that scene where she's walking down the aisle of the department store with the whip cracking towards the guards. They saw that scene. They saw that scene where she licks Batman and they saw that scene where she eats the bird in Penguin's uh, lair. And that's it. Like, those are the only actual scenes they watched. And then they went, I know everything about Catwoman now. I shall write a movie. <laughs> I mean, that's it. And it's it literally is what you said, Justin. It's a cash grab. And I don't fault anybody for falling for this cash grab. I mean, there are worse things you can look at in a cash grab movie than Halle Berry, Halle Berry in Leather. There are. There are infinitely worse things you could like see in that situation. But even then, with that being said, somehow this movie is mysteriously, and I put that in air quotes, difficult to watch even looking like that. Because they do a weird CGI fighting Halle Berry for a lot of this movie. And boy, howdy, does that not look good. It's terrible. <laughs> like somehow. The geniuses that make this movie make scantily clad leather Halle Berry look bad. Like, how do you take that image and make that look bad? Do a very shitty CGI job of it. Got it. I mean, there are times she looked like an N64 character. Yeah. Bouncing around on the screen. 
I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap this up because we need to get to spoilers because I needs to talk to like you guys about some basketball. I just think it's so fitting that we're watching this movie after the NBA finals had just finished this past weekend, because I mean, I don't know what's more iconic, the Lakers winning their 17th championship or watching Halle Berry play cat basketball. I mean, those are just, I mean, that's one A and one B of greatest things to happen to basketball. <laughs> and you have to wait for spoilers to see if I mean that. Uh, recommendations and scores. Heather, go. No, I can't. I can't recommend it. <laughs> Good conscience, I can't. Uh, it's terrible. I mean, if you want to watch it because you you just know it's going to be bad and you just want to see how bad it's going to be, sure, have a good time with that. But it's not one that I can recommend in the sense of it's a great movie and you must see it. I can't. I just cannot recommend that. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of things to talk about with why this movie does not land in any sort of way. But yeah, no, I'm not going to recommend it. My score for this movie is going to be um, five Halle Berry's beating Sharon Stone in a sexy lady fight out of 100. I don't know if I'd call that a sexy lady fight, but, you know, teach their own. Justin, you, your turn. Okay. Yeah, um, it would be... It would be stupid of me to recommend this to anyone, seriously. Um, the only reason to watch this is if you're one of those people who likes to collect or look at infamously bad movies. Th that would be probably the only reason to watch this. And you might actually have a better time just looking at YouTube personalities, pick this apart, or s the cinema sins on this is pretty funny. And in that 20 minutes makes the movie more entertaining than anything that I saw in this almost uh, two-hour runtime. So... Uh, yeah, this is not anything that anybody needs to watch. There's a reason why it's on the worst list. So yeah, it's here for a reason. Um, and, and it's just, uh, really the only redeeming thing is that Holly Berry and I mean, y'all uh, tiptoed kind of said it and tiptoed around it, but I think Holly Berry is one of the most beautiful people probably in the world. I mean, probably, you know, probably in cinema, surely. I mean, she has to be. I don't know how many other people you could put over, her, but that, you know, but even <laughs> seeing her walk around in leather, seeing her walk around with short hair and nice looking outfits is just not enough to save this in any way, shape or form. And I mean, it's it's just so bad. I just can't say that enough. So, yeah, this is going to get zero cats breathing new life into you after you die out of 100. Heather, you wanted to defend yourself. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just saying, like, the fight itself wasn't sexy. I'm just saying people love Sharon Stone and Halle Berry because they're sexy ladies. That's what I meant by that. All right. I'll accept that then. It was two sexy ladies having an unsexy fight. I'll accept that. Yeah. Which also, come on, that's a huge disappointment. How, like, how do you have that? How do you have two iconically beautiful women look so unattractive in a fight? Right. 
Like, ugh, this movie. Um, do I recommend it? Nah, fuck you. Uh, what's my score? Nah, fuck you. Spoilers? <laughs> yeah. I ain't done one of those yeah. in a while. It was about time. If there's if there's ever a movie for me to bring that back for, it's this one. Um, yeah, spoilers. Um, does anybody else object to, to Benjamin Bratt? And I know that's not actually how you say his name. That's how I like to say his name. We have a long history together from Law and Order. So Benjamin Bratt. Um, does anybody else have a problem that they fucked on a basketball court in front of children? <laughs> I mean, surely I'm not the only one that was bothered by these two adults fucking in front of children. In daylight, nonetheless. Correct. Right. I mean, just what the fuck was that? I know everybody loves to give my man Ben and his ex-wife Jen some shit for that playground fight in Daredevil, but you can't tell me that that Daredevil fight in the playground is not like some raid-level epic fight choreography compared to the bullshit that happens on this basketball court. I mean, once again, they take a beautiful woman who knows how to be sexy and sensual and flirtatious and make her just so ungodly unattractive. And I'm not even talking about physically unattractive. I'm talking about behaviorally unattractive. <laughs> like, I can't believe that anybody who has to dribble a basketball like she was with like two hands. I mean, she looked like a four-year-old dribbling a basketball, but was also gyrating her ass directly onto Benjamin Bratt's penis. It was very uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> I mean, there were children there. Yeah. And they are just all over each other. At one point, they stopped playing basketball. This very much played out just like a basketball scene in a porn, where it's like a guy and a girl playing basketball, and it's like, of course, they suck at basketball, but they're like, oh, I'm going to defend you, and like the girl backs up to him, and the next thing you know, they're just on the basketball basketball court fucking. Like, the ball's like 20 feet away just because it rolled away because they're fucking on the court. That is what happened. <laughs> And then it's like just after the guy orgasms, she then is like, oh, that's all I wanted to do was trick you. Ah, I tricked you with sex. Now slam dunk. Ah, I win the game. And like, it's just one of those things like the kids were like, you guys should play one on one. What fucking kids ever say that to two just random ass adults on a basketball court ever? Right. No, they'd be like, guys, we all should play. Yeah, you want the grumps to play with you or whatever. But like, you would never be like, Hey, you two grownups, like, I know this cop said some cool shit, but, uh, random ass lady, you two should play one-on-one. -on -one. I think that'd be a dope-ass basketball game. No, because it wouldn't be. And especially because nothing about with the strategic way they were dressing Halle Berry at that point, because she was still just the full-on patience personality at that point, at least aesthetically, that anybody would look at her and go, yeah, I bet she plays some hoops. Because no one thought that. And then especially after they watched her, I don't know, touch a basketball, they went, oh, yeah, no, she's never touched a basketball in her life. Right. And like, and there are elements in this movie that do legitimately remind me of the Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman. I think, or just in general, the actual character of Catwoman. And I think the only time that plays out in this entire movie is in the scene where she stops the guys from robbing that jewelry store. Because I could see the Catwoman actually doing that in a comic book. Like she just sees some people robbing a jewelry store and she's like, you know what? I'm going to stop them because what did she do at the end of that? She then also stole the jewels herself. I could see that it's like some competition. 
She gets to beat up some bad guys, but then still be one. That is a Catwoman thing to do. I appreciated that. And then literally the next scene ruins it because she's like, oh, I feel guilty and returns everything. Except like one random ass necklace, which is dumb. Because like, oh, since she's like, I don't know, an actual Catwoman. Because that's a thing apparently in this movie universe. Actual Catwoman. And because she's a Catwoman, she, I don't know, loves Egypt or some shit. I, that's a weird thing for a cat woman to do, but yeah, they love Egypt or some shit. So she had to keep the Egyptian necklace, but like, that's it. That's literally the only mo- like moment in this movie where she was remotely close to her namesake of a character. I mean, do you know how hard it is to have a movie based around some cat shit and I not like it? I love me some cat shit <laughs> my entire life. Is just cat shit, like literally and figuratively. I mean, I have four cats. I have to clean a lot of shit. I mean, I've got some really nice little robot litter boxes now, so that's delightful. Way easier. But I'm just saying, like, it's litter boxes and cat shit. And then, like I said, cats putting their asses in my face or my cats clawing my thighs in the middle of a podcast or my cat trying to eat my microphone or my uh, headphone cord in the middle of a podcast. Like, that's crazy cat shit. And like... I love that shit. That's why I love cats. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't like cleaning like litter boxes. That's why I got expensive ones. And I don't like it when cats shove their asses in my face. That's a weird thing to do. But like, I love cats. And you would think I would love watching somebody as beautiful as Halle Berry act like a cat. Nope. I don't like it. I don't like it one (laughs) bit. I mean, like, it's also just one of those things of like, it's going to be weird that we're talking about this. Like, you know how we we talked about like the weird tokenization or stereotyping of like minorities in movies when we did the Goonies, this movie weirdly does the same thing with cats. Like they just took in a way cat stereotypes and just had Halle Berry do those. Like, I mean, as like one of the first things she ever did as a cat person was like, there was a crab on the beach and It was just like if you watch a cat try to catch like a cricket or like a beetle or something. She did that motion. And, oh, all cats love fish. So, of course, when they're out eating sushi, she's just shoveling raw fish into her mouth. Or, I don't know, cats love whips? Because that's a very common thing. I mean, I understand that the character of Catwoman sometimes has a whip, but I don't know, just weird. But then, like, the way she would move, like, she's just sitting there and, like, when she's playing basketball, it's like the whole like, oh, it's a cat in heat is what she was mimicking. Or when she's fighting, she does cat poses weirdly. It's just like weird things of like somebody that's never actually owned a cat. And they've just seen kind of some cat videos on the Internet. And that's what they assume a cat is. It's like they hiss and they scratch and then like they'll do the thing where like their ass is up. But like their arms are stretched out for like that stretch, that stereotypical cat stretch. Like she would do that in the middle of fights. And, like, that's what's weird. Because you know what a cat would never do in the middle of a fight? Stretch. (laughs) But they would do that. They would just have her do these, like, basic feline poses while she's, like, sliding under the ground under a fight or, like, through somebody's legs or something. Which also, on top of that, she surfed on a motherfucker. Right. She used a human being as a skateboard. And then, I don't know if you guys noticed, when his head and neck region hit the wall... It made a snapping sound. She killed that man. I know they don't actually acknowledge that in the movie, but if you watch that scene again, 
She kills that man. She is a murderer. She should be in jail. But Benjamin Bratt didn't do his job because he did it all for the nookie. Yes, I went there. Limp Biscuit reference. One of you motherfuckers talk for a little bit. I'm tired of talking about this fucking movie. Go ahead, Justin. Yeah, that that basketball scene. And then also just the music that was playing during it. It was like the director and the, the filmmakers thought that I guess it was a sexy scene or it was them kind of, oh, look at them. They're look at this hot basketball. I, I don't know what the thought Justin. process was with that. Justin. But yeah. Hold on one second. I, I have to, I have a very important question to ask you. Are you telling me you were not aroused during that basketball scene? Is that what you were saying? <laughs> no. no. And I got a good shot of Holly Berry doing but something. And still, I was just like, <laughs> God, this is so stupid. <laughs> so now I always call it the booty basketball scene because of that shot where she's like kind of shaking, but dribbling i don't know what she was doing that's a cat in heat she was mimicking a cat in heat is what that's supposed to be oh it's a it's infuriating but like (laughs) yeah but thank you for clarifying that you were not aroused during that scene no no i was not aroused in case you were basketball I was yes, I was confused and I was just like, why is booty basketball happening in front of these kids? So, yeah, I mean, it's just, oh, my gosh. And then like, yeah, like I'm just so sick of, okay, Catwoman has to act like a cat in every single thing that she does. And so much attention is paid to that. Where did she learn martial arts? How did she learn how to do spinning, jump, spinning kicks and, uh, you know, MMA takedowns and all of this other kind of stuff? Yeah. I mean, how does a cat breathing into you? Give you MMA takedown. Oh, oh, just powers and abilities. I, I should have mentioned that. That's all. That's what cats do. They're all professional fighters. My bad. <laughs> okay, you wouldn't. You it. wouldn't know that. I mean, I've had cats my whole life. I, was, I should have mentioned that. <laughs> They're all professional fighters. Okay, got it. Um, and it's just. I mean, so so there's that. And, and I mean, they just didn't give any attention to that. They just thought it was better. And then really half of this movie is a romantic comedy. Like so much time was spent with her and this detective and this budding relationship. And, and I guess they thought that that was better than having her training or having her trying to, you know, better understand or harness her abilities or something like that. I guess they thought this romantic comedy bit was better. But yeah, uh, I mean, a good half of the movie is just that. It's them spend the time with each other or them talking or them getting stuck on a Ferris wheel. What was that? What was that scene? Like, what was that scene? Like, at least like, you know, in the the original Superman movies, like with Christopher Reeve and stuff like that, uh, the, the one the one where they went to Niagara Falls and he was spending time with Lois Lane 
And there was this whole thing, like they were spending time together, but there was a point to the scenes. She was like, I think you're Superman. You know, I think that you are Superman in disguise. So there was this whole scene of them in Niagara Falls and him doing all these things to try to convince her that he wasn't Superman. So yes, they were spending time with each other, but there was a point. There was something that drove the story forward. That Ferris wheel scene, what was the point of that? Like, it didn't drive the story forward. It didn't get the detective thinking, hmm, how can she do all of these amazing things? It didn't. I mean, what was the point of that? It, it You know, nothing about that scene drove the movie forward whatsoever. And th- that's like a lot of what this movie is. It's just... There are just so many pointless scenes where you're just like, why are you making me watch this? Why is this movie? Why did they think this movie was better with this stuff in it? You know, or I mean, godly, man, it it was just it's just very hard (laughs) to sit through this. And you're just watching these scenes. and You're like, what does this have to do with Catwoman? Why are we doing this? You know, why is this happening? And then just the way that this movie starts, like with the whole this cream company and this makeup that's that that kills people and stuff like that. I mean, it all just seems so dumb because like, okay, if you put this stuff, apparently this cream, if you keep applying the cream. It turns your skin into this. It hardens it like marble, I think is what she said. But if you stop using it, it destroys your face. And they're like, oh, we don't want this to get out. Well, I mean, shit, wouldn't it have gotten out once people started using the product? I mean, once people started using the product and stopped and people's face, I don't know, faces started being destroyed, they would have traced it back to this. That would have been happening to people. Some scientists, investigators, etc., would have just traced it back to this company. So how was this company going to get away with this? Like, how was this not going to come back to this company at some point? Even if you had killed Patience Phillips, was that her name? Even if you had killed Patience, Catwoman, whatever, you would have eventually just been found out. So. All of it was dumb to me. How could you cover this up if in if all it takes is for a person to stop using it or to run out of it and their face was going to start being destroyed? So that to me didn't even make any sense. Now, if maybe if the point was to sell it and then run or sell it and then get out of the country because, you know, shit's going to hit the fan, you know, something like that. But. They were acting like, you know, if nobody knows, we can sell it. And once we sell it, that's the end of it. No, it isn't. So I'm just like, did anybody think about this plot? Did anybody think that through what this villain, if you want to call Sharon Stone, that was trying to do? Like, did anybody think this through or were they just like? Yeah, we're just going to have the fight with Sharon Stone and then that's going to be it. That That's going to be the, the end of the movie. So all of that was just 
dumb, man. Like, it's just such a stupid movie. I just, oh my gosh. I mean, just anytime you apply, try to apply some sort of logic to this, nothing, just nothing makes sense. And you just keep asking questions and you know there are no answers. Or, or even just like this cat throughout time that revives people or helps people and you're a cat woman. You know, it's been passed down from generation to generation and that's what you are. You're a cat woman and all of this kind of stuff. Okay, like why though? Like what's the point of that? Why does that happen? Like (laughs) who created this thing where this cat needs to do this? Like why does that exist? So, you know, and they, they they never answer that. It's just a mystical cat that does, that just helps people, that turns regular women into cat women throughout time. All right, cool, man. Whatever you say, dog. Like, oh my God, this movie is just so bad. It's just so mind-blowingly bad. And... I mean, and then like with Holly Bear, and then just some things about it too are just laughable. Like, you know, at the beginning of the movie where they're like, okay, um, Sharon Stone is getting older and her husband wants to have this new model, model the cream and everything like that. And then, you know, you see this model who he's double dating with, who the husband's like, I'm assuming having an affair with the cheating on or whatever, and she's going to be the new face of this cream or whatever. And it's just laughable that you see this woman on these posters and marquees and stuff. And Holly Berry, Holly freaking Berry works in your office and nobody looked at her and thought, you know, her face. Let's make her a model. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just, so unbelievable that somebody that looks like Holly Berry would be working in a beauty place and not have been the model for this. Like, how? How is she? I mean, the the girl that was the, the face of the spokesperson is nowhere near as pretty as Holly Berry. And then you got this man going, oh, I hate you and you do such a bad job and I wanted this to be a darker red and on this uh, this ad it's a lighter red which is something that could just easily be fixed or something that could just easily and he was like I gotta have it by midnight why (laughs) what did what were you gonna do with it at midnight what were you gonna do with that darker toned ad at midnight and why couldn't this have been emailed who does business like this why couldn't it have just been emailed (laughs) Or sent to this man. So she was like, I got to drive over here to do it so that this movie can happen. But she leaves her car there, right? Because she gets blown out of the pipes or whatever, the sewage drain or whatever, right? And then the cats uh, give her the, the cat breath of life. And then she wakes up and she's like, oh, man, whoa, I'm like Catwoman now. Well, your car is still at the place. You drove there, like, right? <laughs> right. What, what happened to your car? Like, where did you get that back? Like, there are just so many like things that it, they just forget about as they're making the movie. They just forget things just all the time. The, 
in this movie. And there are so many examples like that where they just forget things or like, you know, she's they 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 put her in a holding cell for questioning. She slips out with the help of Chuckles or what's the name of the cat? (laughs) What's the name of the (laughs) Well, Justin, I mean, I, I, I don't, I'm not surprised you don't remember the name of the cat because the name doesn't fit that cat. And I, I do take very like strong offense to what they named that cat because I had a cat of the same name that lived for 18 years. And it's like, you know, like very emotional for me with that cat um, because that cat's name was Midnight and ah, Midnight. it doesn't oh, look okay. like a Midnight. Do you know why? Because Midnights are black cats. Yeah. When the fuck do you see a not black cat named Midnight? That's like me yeah. naming my orange tabby Midnight. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. Maybe they were going for irony. No, I'm not going to give the movie any credit for trying to do that. Um, it's Chuckles the Cat now. So anyway, Chuckles the Cat comes, right? She slips out of the the prison, literally slips out. Okay, cool. So at the end of the movie... He goes, well, if you're still back in your cell, uh, then it'll be hard for them to prove that Patience is Catwoman because Patience will be back at the cell. So you mean to tell me in this hour, (laughs) this two or three hours that you've been gone, where you slipped out of this cell, nobody checked. Nobody would know. Nobody would notice. You right. can just go walk back in there. There aren't any cameras. You could just walk back, slip back into the cell. Which <laughs> maybe Chuckles is there waiting. I mean, I don't know. Like, so it just forgot about that too. It just forgot that you just can't walk back into a cell. You can't do it. And then at the end of the movie too, she's like, I'm not a murderer. I'm not a killer. And I'm like, you killed Sharon Stone. You kicked her out of that window and she died. I'll be sure you were like, hey, grab my hand. And she could she could not because you kicked her out there and then she fell to her death. Yes, you are a killer. You killed her. You can't tell me you're not a killer when five seconds before that I watched you kill someone. I mean, you couldn't have even, I mean, they couldn't even get that line right. They couldn't even get that line right. Why couldn't she have just said, I didn't want to do that, but she gave me no choice. End of story. Why are you going to tell me you're not something when I'm looking and I'm, and I'm seeing that it's not. So like this movie just couldn't even do that. You show me something and then you tell me five seconds later, it's not that. I mean, this movie is just a botch from the op- hell, even the opening. The opening is dumb too when she's like, This all started when I died. And she goes to the something to the effect of the the narration goes, This all started when I died. But when I died is actually when I started to live. So you could say my, you know, my death is what actually caused me to actually live. She says something like that. And then she goes, but that's later. And the actual beginning of this, it starts with her at work. So you lied to me twice. You said it all started when you died. 
And then you said, but when you died, <laughs> you actually lived. And then you said, but that was later. So now that is not when it started. And it actually started with you at work and you missing <laughs> your assignment. I mean, what the hell? It botches in the opening of the film and it just doesn't look back. It just, the narration botches and then it doesn't look back from then on out. It's just, okay, I'm, you can go, Heather. Oh my gosh. Well, this is as bad as like the Domino's pizza dilemma you had. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just want to say something real quick with, I'm actually glad you pointed that out, Justin, because I never even thought about it because I, I wasn't paying attention to the word she was fucking speaking at the beginning of this movie. Like, I think you are a scholar and a gentleman for actually listening to the words that were said, because I couldn't even be bothered to do that. So I, it didn't even <laughs> click. It didn't even click to me that she said it all started when I died. Here's two days before that. Yep. <laughs> so in the in one breath, she lied to us immediately. She, they botched it immediately. It all started when I died. No, it didn't. It started when you botched your assignment and went up there and accidentally heard the nefarious plot. That's when it started, not when you so, died. So it would have been <laughs> like, so honestly, like the line should have been, it all started when I fucked up at work. Yep. Right. That that honestly sets up a way more intriguing movie. If I'm sitting there like yeah. bored out of my minds, because those opening credits are at least 45 minutes long. Oh my god! And I was bored oh out of my, my fucking yeah. I was bored out of my fucking mind. That's why I don't think I listened to the words. It's like I'm just waiting for an actual movie to start. And like if that like that whole thing was going, and she goes, it all started when I fucked up at work. I was like, wait, what? What did she say? I did it instantly hooked. I mean, exactly. It was 45 <laughs> minutes into the movie because of the opening credits, but I would have been hooked. <laughs> And speaking of those opening credits, didn't that mu music remind you of like late night HBO Showtime softcore porn? Like, right. didn't that remind you of like the Red Shoe Diaries or yes. something like that? Didn't That's it? why I didn't. I totally got that vibe at the beginning. <laughs> That's why I thought this movie was porn. Whenever you see when you have that music and you have that basketball scene, tell me this movie is not PG-13 porn. I'm just saying. Heather, please go save us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's everything you guys are pointing out is just so valid and things I noticed, too, especially those credits at the beginning. That was brutal. I'm like, why is this so long? And like the tone that they're trying to set with, yeah, that music and just everything they're doing is it also just doesn't fit with any other real part of the movie. But yeah, I mean... It's undeniable that Halle Berry is one of the most beautiful people in the entire world. And they always do like this cliche thing when they're trying to show like a transformation of a person's character where at the beginning they're very frumpy or very just very plain. And like they put her in these clothes that are either baggy or just very layered. And they give her like this long hair that's like just kind of... You know, they just they make her look like she's supposed to be unnoticeable. And I'm like, even when you do all of that, like, look at her face, people, honestly, like it just it doesn't play out like them trying to make her like kind of ugly her up, if you will, is just a really failed attempt in the first place. Because like, I just I hate that trope of like, let's just give them baggy or layered clothes to just make them seem like they are you know, a very 
um, not like just an, an unnoticed person or a not cool person or a not very like attractive person, you know, it's just very weird and it didn't even really work. So yeah, there's that whole thing. And then I, I don't know, like I just, there's this weird thing for one, when Halle Berry was in the cat suit and of course she looked great in it. I mean, she can't look bad at anything probably, but you know, like it's the reason that even her in that cat suit, I think it, even that it was almost like distracting how she, how she strutted around because it seemed so unnatural. Like even her walking, like she was doing a huge, like shoulder, movement thing <laughs> anytime you see her walking as Catwoman and you're like that doesn't even look like her natural walk like it looks like they <laughs> CGI'd that too you know like it's like what are you doing you know like any other time in the movie she's super normally walking but when she's Catwoman it's like she has her shoulder like three feet in front of her with every movement <laughs> like it just looked so weird and just like they just CGI'd her walk or something too and I'm like she doesn't even do like a like a sexy catwalk type thing, if you will. Like she just doesn't. It, it was just very weird to me. And I didn't understand why they did it that way. But yeah. But even beyond that, like I like I've said at the beginning, Halle Berry has talent. Like she is a very she's got a lot of skill as an actor. She's very good in a lot of uh, in a lot of movies. But She's not good at playing somebody who is supposed to be like an awkward, clumsy, whatever type of person. She's not good at that, at least not in this movie, because it was just kind of like, I mean, it's not like she was great in playing the Catwoman part either, because every single line that she had was a garbage line, like when it was supposed to be a comeback line or like a clever line. It just wasn't. It was just very bad writing. But when she's trying to be this like clumsy, awkward very like humble, like whatever person, it just doesn't work. You feel like she's trying too hard to like be that person that she's supposed to naturally be before she's Catwoman. And it just didn't work. Like when she's stumbling around or she gets up and she just like, she falls and everything. It just, it feels very forced. It feels like you could tell she's acting in those moments. It didn't seem like naturally that's who her character was. She was just mm. not good at playing very clumsy, like ditzy, clumsy, whatever type of person in this movie. It just that felt like more terrible acting than the Catwoman acting to me. Honestly, <laughs> she's very good at playing a confident, you know, sexy woman, which I'm not even saying she did that well, but she did it better than she did that other side of her that she was supposed to naturally be. And that bothered me. Cause I'm like, it just, it just was not at all believable. So there's that aspect. And then, yeah, I also was like, man, she's just a really skilled fighter all of a sudden. <laughs> like she becomes a cat and she's just a martial artist <laughs> genius suddenly. And it's just crazy. Didn't even like question it either. She wasn't even like, sweet. I can't believe I know all these things. It was just like, oh, okay, cool. That's just what it is now. I mean, Thank you. I, it's just very weird. You know, like I said with Justin, it's not your fault. You haven't been around cats your whole life. They are. They're fighters. <laughs> they are all ninjas. Okay. They're all MMA fighters. 
they are all Taekwondo experts or whatever fucking martial art you want to think of. They can do it all. Just saying. Okay. Which that might be true, but as a person who's supposed to have these qualities that they never had before, she just wasn't even phased by it. She was just like, sweet, cool. <laughs> like not even questioning, like I have these unbelievable powers now. I have this crazy skill now. She was just totally like cool with it. Like it just, it felt like her transitioning into this cat person. It wasn't even like she was concerned about it or really trying to figure it out for the most part. She was just kind of like, she just seemed, you know, very like she was two different people. Like there were times when she was her original self. And then there were times when she was being the cat person, but there was no transition of like, what's happening to me? Why am I doing this all of a sudden? Like there wasn't really much of that transition, which made it hard to, I don't know, feel like she was transitioning more so than she was just doing bad acting. <laughs> like for me, that's what it felt like. So I don't know. It's just, it's really, and it, I don't know. I just, I feel like even just the writing and just the dialogue and everything in this movie is just garbage. <laughs> like no line. The only person who was actually like decently believable like humorous wise was the, her coworker um, because she actually just seemed like the most actual normal person, like an actual person. Kind of like we said in the sweetest thing with um, Christina Applegate, you like her the most because she's kind of an actual person. <laughs> and I feel like Halle Berry's coworker was probably the most actual real person of anybody in this movie. So she was the most probably believable person. But even so, that's not saying much. I mean, it doesn't really take much to be the most believable person in this movie. Um, I do think personally that the best scene as far as it wasn't like cringeworthy watching it scene is of the movie is when she actually does get caught and she's in that interrogation room with Benjamin Bratt and they're talking about you know, basically how he knows now that she's Catwoman and the scene when she's in like that yellow jumpsuit thing and like, you know, she's crying and she's like, you know, you got to believe me. I didn't do this. That was the most believable scene. That was Halle Berry's best acting in that entire movie. Um, and it, it just it was the most naturally like human actual emotion that she had because she's reacting to this false claim of who she is. And that, honestly, to me, was the best scene of the movie, uh, which, again, doesn't say much. But that is, um, yeah. And I just, I didn't really care too much for a lot of the other, like, side characters, like the old lady who kind of tells her what's going on and all that stuff. They were just kind of meh. Like, they didn't really stand out. It could have probably still been a movie made perfectly fine without them in some way. I don't know. But... Yeah, it's just, and that, you're right, um, Sterling, that CGI is just, it is painful to watch it. It's so bad. It is so bad. Um, you feel like you're going from watching a live movie to a cartoon in like a second. It's crazy how bad that CGI is. But, um, yeah, it's just, and then at the end too, like there's all of this buildup for her, you know, and Benjamin Bratt, you know, 
him finding out who she is and then like obviously them still like wanting to be together but then she's like but i'm not going to because it's in my nature to just not be with someone like you or whatever it was and it just like it ended in a very weird abrupt way of like i don't know if it was supposed to try to end it on this heroic note of like i have so much more to do in my time as catwoman and they were thinking there would be a sequel i don't know but i just i think the way they ended it was just very weird based off of how everything else in the movie played out. So yeah, that's all I got. And that's a very good point because the ending, like the reason why you're confused by it is because what was her motivation? What was she going to do? Is she going to fight crime? Is she going to rob people? Is she going to walk at night and do the shoulder (laughs) swag? Like you were talking about, what was the point what is she going to do? You didn't get any resolve. That is There's the no most. Mission. Yeah, exactly. That is the most basic thing that you need at the end of a superhero movie. There should be some sort of resolve for the character. Like, okay, now I'm going to, you know, I'm determined to fight crime or, you know, they, they, they always make the mission clear at the end. Well, now that I have these powers, I'm going to use them. What? That wasn't even clear what she was going to do now that she's Catwoman. And I mean, you know, some characters are just better when they are in someone else's story. You know, I always felt like the Catwoman character works better when she's in Batman's story alongside them you know when she's alongside him i yeah like her stories i think when she's by herself it's a little bit hard you know she's better to me i always even in the comics she always read better when she was a guest uh you know the the batman returns like sterling was pointing out has a lot of the same kind of stupid stuff in it but You know, Michelle Pfeiffer was just did such a good job and her being alongside, you know, uh, Michael Keaton and Danny DeVito and everything else that was going on. You didn't have a whole movie of that because a lot of the same similar stuff happens. The cat puns, cats biting her and bringing her back to life, her acting like a cat and her suddenly being able to do all of these amazing things. You could argue, somebody could argue and say, well, you're a hypocrite if you accepted it there and you, and you don't accept it here. And I do get that argument to an extent, but the reason why it works better there or you accept it there is because there's less of it because she is a, supporting character to Batman in that movie. And she's all, and even in the comics, it's that way. She's always better as a guest. She's always better as a support because she can do come do her Catwoman stuff and go, and you don't have to have a whole lot of it. And it, so it works better there. And then like you, like we've all said, Michelle Pfeiffer just gave a very memorable performance that kind of supersedes the, those problems 
that the Catwoman character has in that movie. You know, here you don't get any of that. So we're just forced to. So we're just being force fed dumb stuff after dumb stuff after dumb stuff and there's nobody else to play off of there's no you don't have a compelling villain for this character to play off of and you and like we said you don't even have just the bare bones basic things you need like a resolve at the end to to play off of either so what do you have in this movie yeah you know because i mean she almost like she barely had a motivation at all in the movie. I mean, just to say like, oh, I want revenge on the person who got me killed. And that was it. And so, yeah, you almost feel like that was a one-off thing she wanted to do. Like nothing else about her character made it seem like, you know what? I want justice for all people who were wrongfully murdered or whatever. You like, you don't (laughs) feel like that's anything that she seemed to want to really do or care about at any other point in the movie. And, and then, yeah, it's, it just becomes like, what's your mission and what's your point? Like what, what, what are you planning to do with this now that you are Catwoman essentially? Like, it's just, you're right. Yeah. There's just, there's no, there's no like reason really that she gives for why this has to be who she is and why she can't have love and whatever. And it's like, okay, like it was just a very cheap way to kind of do that. I don't know. Well, oddly enough, I slightly disagree with you guys about the end of the movie. I understand her leaving in that role because that is a very Catwoman thing to do. My problem with it is, is in the comics that happens because she does love Bruce Wayne slash Batman, but she knows essentially she's still a thief. She knows what she is. And so she doesn't think it'll ever work between them. So there's always that conflicted relationship between them. The problem in this movie is, is Benjamin Brad isn't Batman. So it doesn't work. (laughs) It would work if it was Batman. He's not Batman. So who gives a fuck if he leaves like she leaves him for the, at the end? Like <laughs> yeah. it just doesn't matter. And like and to going back to what you were saying earlier, Justin, with like, oh well, what's the whole plan with the cream? They actually say what the plan with the cream was in the movie. It's just so dumb. Because the idea is is that you become addicted to it. So you never don't have it. So you're constantly using it. So you never end up getting disfigured from it so they don't get found out. Yeah. Like that's the whole point is that you'll, you just keep using it so much that you'll never get caught. Um, and it's, it's not just Marvel. It's living Marvel. That's the greatest thing about it is your skin <laughs> is like living Marvel and you don't feel anything. And I'm like, well, that's a bad thing. Um, But then also, like, the thing I do love about it, though, is that if you ever get, like, scratched on the face, because it's not like marble is the most durable substance ever. Like, marble is very easy to break. And so if you get anything, like, if you get in a car wreck and your, like, face just hits the steering wheel, you won't feel it, but your face will shatter. That's what's hilarious about that whole concept. Um, But also, I wanted to touch back on something Heather said. She was talking about how uh, the whole idea is that, oh, look, she's wearing frumpy clothes and, oh, all of a sudden now she's wearing form fitting clothes. So now she's hot. Like it really is. It's it's the whole she's all that they she's all that her. Um, Mm -hmm. 
And I do think as bad as the movie is, I think the movie, not another teen movie expertly addresses that issue because the, the what's, what's her name? Lainey Briggs, I think in the not another teen movie, it's Lainey Boggs in that one. And it's Janie Briggs in not another teen movie. Whenever they like choose her, you know, there's like a woman with a hunchback and they're like, and they they were like, Oh, that'd be a good person. He's like, Oh, not the hunchback. But then whenever they get to her, He's like, oh, not the girl with glasses and wears overalls. Oh, no, that's the worst choice ever. No. And then, like, <laughs> when they do the make when they do the makeover scene, all they do is take her glasses off and change her clothes. Right. And they're like, oh, my God, she's a completely different woman. That's funny. I haven't seen that, but that is a pretty that's that's pretty great. And, it's, and that's all yeah. they do. And she's all that. Like, they get her out of overalls and they take her glasses off and they give her a haircut. And that's all they do in this movie. She changes clothes and gets a haircut and it's like, oh my God, she's unrecognizably more so beautiful now. And I mean, you're absolutely right, Heather. At no point is anybody actually looking at that woman and not going, fuck, that's Halle Berry and she's hot. <laughs> she's fine. Yeah, exactly. And and I, I do feel bad that we're talking about her looks like that's the only thing that matters with this movie. And it, it doesn't. But I think it's valid to bring that up in this movie because... That was one of the selling points of this movie. That was one of the points of this movie. No, honestly, I think you were right when you were like, the reason I feel like they made this movie was to just put Halle Berry in a leather cat costume. Legit. That might be the only reason they made this movie. I mean, it is. And it's so like, that's just, that is a part of this movie. Her looks are a defining factor of this movie. That's why I do think it's fair to talk about them as much as we have because, and that's the point, like that is the point of her in this movie. Just like that is the point of Sharon stone in this movie. Like she's meant to be beautiful. Sharon stone in this movie. It's not, she's not meant to be Sharon stone. The actress she's meant to be the beautiful Sharon stone, just like Halle Berry. They did not get Halle Berry in this movie because she won an Academy award. They got her in this movie because she looks fucking hot. Like that is the point of her being cast in this movie. Now, whether or not it is a good thing that they made a movie based on that, that's a whole other conversation, but right. That is why they made this movie. That's why they cast her. It's a very valid thing to bring up. I mean, otherwise, like I said, I would have an issue with us talking about that so much because that isn't what matters. It shouldn't be what matters in a movie. But it is. It's 100% what matters in this movie because that is the only two things they considered in this entire movie. Is Halle Berry hot? Yes. Check that box. Is Sharon Stone hot? Yes. Check that box. All criteria met for making this movie. Those are the only two things they gave a fuck about when deciding to make this movie. I mean, this movie, also to go back on something you guys touched on, an Egyptian meow, uh, Mao. Egyptian Mao is a beautiful cat. Beautiful cat. This movie's CGI is so bad. It makes one of the most beautiful breeds of cats out there look fucking garbage. It is sad. Like, I mean, this movie did it with multiple things. It made Sharon Stone look bad at times. It made Halle Berry look bad at times. It made an Egyptian uh, Mao look bad at times. With just how bad this the CGI is, and I understand this is 2004, it's not the best of times for CGI. 
but they had better than this. If they couldn't make those things look good, then don't CGI it. Do it practically. Have her train to fight a specific way and then do that. Don't CGI every single step of every fight scene ever in this movie. I mean, we didn't even talk about the stupid irony of this movie constantly throwing cat like puns down our throats. We haven't talked about the fact that she fought Benjamin Bratt on a catwalk. Right. Like, that's how much up its own ass this movie is. They're like, they have a fight <laughs> that is based on a cat pun. What the fuck? Yep. I mean, I think the Cine fans at least succeeded in, yes, this is one of the worst movies ever made. Oh, yeah. No denying that. Yep. I mean, I do want to end on, at least for me, or do you guys have anything else you want to say about this movie? No, I think that's it. No, I'm good. Um, I, I do want to end this on the fact that uh, Halle Berry did win an award for this movie. She won a Golden Razzie for this movie. And, you know, honestly, kudos to Halle Berry for that because Halle Berry is one of six actors ever to win an Academy Award for acting and a Golden Razzie for acting. And she actually went to the Razzies with her Academy Award and gave an acceptance speech for her Razzie. She actually went up there and owned it. And also her acceptance speech is beautiful. It was a thank you Warner Brothers for making me be in this piece of shit movie. (laughs) Um, So kudos to her. That's fucking fantastic. I love that. I love that she made this movie and went, fuck, this is garbage. And the Razzies went, yeah, this is garbage. And they send out invites. If you're nominated for a Razzie, they send you an invite to come. And I love the fact that she went, fuck it. I'm going. (laughs) And she owned it. And I loved it. And she was, she just wanted to be a part of it. And I think that that is special. Uh, So yeah, I, I like that. I kudos to her. I think that's a fucking great thing because there are very few actors that have 100% good movies in their career. I honestly don't know if I can name anybody that does, but I'm sure there's somebody out there that has did nothing but good movies. And I, boy I, Lakeith, that's about it. I'm sure Lakeith Stanfield's been in a bad movie though. I'm yeah, sure probably. he has, but it wouldn't surprise me if he hadn't been. Fuck, he's amazing. But with that, I love the fact that she's willing to acknowledge it. There's so many people in the industry that aren't willing to acknowledge their failures or they just want to put blame on other people. I mean, I know she kind of did that by saying thanks Warner brothers for, you know, but she knew she was under contract. She knew she had to do it and she did it. You know, I just think, I just think it's kudos to her that she then went and owned it, you know, and you just accepted and acknowledged and, you know, said what the whole machine of Hollywood is at times. And, I just I think that's an utterly fantastic thing. So. No, I agree with that, too, because it, it's almost like in a sense, she's not taking herself too seriously in the sense of thinking I am way too good to have this, you know, like she had fun with it, it seemed like. And also like the validation of like, you know what, I want an Oscar. So I know that I'm talented kind of attitude about it is what it seems like she did there. And I appreciate that, too. I think that was good of her to kind of be a good sport about that and to just own it, you know? Yeah. It speaks to who she is 
as a person. And I, and I thought that when I uh, first saw that, um, that, that she had accepted that Razzie, I thought that that was very cool of her to do. And um, yeah, so it's not like this movie makes me think less of her as an actress or anything like that, because, you know, like you already said, uh, just about every actor and actress has been in probably something beneath them. And, you know, sometimes a paycheck is a paycheck. And as long as you own that, as long as you're not out there saying, yep, every movie I do is good or (laughs) stand to buy a movie, you know, is bad, you know, because sometimes that because that used to happen a lot, too. I don't know if it happens as much anymore, per se. I mean, sure, I'm pretty sure some do, but it, it is nice when an actor or actress is able to admit, yeah, it was bad, but oh, well, you know, life goes on. Let's just we know it was bad. Let's just have fun with it. And that's exactly what she did, which, you know, I think that that just speaks to how really how great she is, you know, how professional she is, how talented she is and how confident she is. You know, that's, that was cool. No, I, I, I agree. Uh, anything else guys about this movie? Nope. Nope. So on that note, thank you guys for listening to the cinema slayers podcast. Check us out at www.cinemaslayers.com. Check us out on Facebook at cinema slayers podcast. We are cinema underscore slayers on twitter and instagram uh we haven't brought this up in a while but um go to your favorite podcast app and or whatever you're listening to us on right now and rate and review us give us five stars if you don't want to give us five stars i don't want to hear it or i don't care give us whatever score you want but yes go rate and review us that helps us in rankings and helps other people find it and just kind of helps us out in general so go do that also, we haven't brought it up in a while, but yeah, check out our merch. Go to the website. We've got merch. You can buy some shit, some shirts and bags and stickers and all that shit. So, I don't know. Go buy something if you want. And uh, just remember, according to Justin, guys, Moon Knight, just like Halle Berry, won an Academy Award or Best Picture. Oh, fuck. I fucked that up. But they both won Academy Awards, according to Justin. So, there. Fuck it. <laughs> That nonsensical gibberish he just spoke made more sense than the entire one hour and 45 minutes of the Catwoman movie. (laughs) That's true. And it's crazy because the opening sequence is 45 of those minutes. (laughs) The rest of the movie, the rest of the movie takes place in an hour. Very quick. Right.